Hello there, welcome to Let's Talk, your one-stop pod for all things pop culture. Uh, Rory and Stu with you as usual. Uh, we're going to be covering some highlights of ours from uh, this year's San Diego Comic-Con, which happened over the weekend. You've you've undoubtedly seen a load of tweets and trailers and a lot of hype from various different things, which we'll cover. Um, before we go into that, though, just a quick... Uh, thank you to anyone that's that's listened to the last few episodes um, since we moved hosts. If you do have any technical problems, because there's still a few of the websites that might be pointing to our old hosts. So if you click on anything and you get any dead links, if you let either me know at Small Hands Stew or the or our Twitter account, and I can get it looked into ASAP. And as always, um, the, the bulk of our listens come through iTunes. So if you haven't already, if you could subscribe to us. Um, leave us a little rate and review that would be absolutely brilliant maybe try and get us bumped up the charts a little bit to catch a few more people's eyes um that's all for the the blurb so how are you rory you okay mate yes i'm good it is we're recording this on thursday 25th of july and it is officially the hottest day of this year so far um so if me and Stu sound like we're panting it's it's not from anything uh disgusting it's just because it's really damn hot yeah. and we're trying to record without loads of background noise so we're not just sat outside yeah um, i've had to close the windows and move a tower fan so all i've got is the ceiling fan and it's barely keeping me awake so i've also got an ice pack on my stomach yeah i'm slightly concerned that you you don't have any items of clothing on um, i i can confess i do have pajama shorts that's good news. Um, if if any listeners uh, prefer you, if if our listeners go up because of that, then you can whatever you. <laughs> I I'll find some I'm way to do something with that. Yes. Yeah. Essentially, we we we've always said we will do anything for more listens because yeah. we're shallow. And when yeah. we say and we anything... eventually want to go to Comic Con. Essentially, is is why. Yeah. When when we say anything, we mean anything. Yeah, like if not, anyone's been watching too, Euphoria, nothing is off limits. Yeah, nothing too say. depraved. We've got very, very, very minimal standards. So, you know, just fire some ideas at us and we'll uh, we'll see what sticks. Um, before we launch into San Diego and all its glory as usual, um, what have you been watching? What have you been up to? Um, I've actually, shock horror, managed to get some solid gaming time on me, uh, me beloved Switch since uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 arrived. Oh, yes. I've been yeah, obsessively yeah. playing that like a good few hours a day, which has been brilliant. Good. Um, I, I, I will started, get that at some point. I started the latest, um, the last DLC for the last Assassin's Creed game, which is in uh, Atlantis, which is good fun. Cool. Um, and then just the usual TV crap, and we've both started watching Euphoria, haven't we? Yeah, I think I'm five episodes in. Um, there's six out in across the pond, um, and then I think the last couple will be airing before it's maybe drops all in one go in the UK. I think that yeah. might be what's happening. Um, so we will hopefully review that when it comes over this side and people have had a chance to watch it. I love it. I think it's incredible. Um, it's ultra stylized, so it's it's not for everyone, but I think the performances and the, the topics it's raising and stuff is really kind of pushing some boundaries and it'll sure kind of 
proved quite controversial, I would imagine. Oh yeah, because especially it, it, with a Disney child and Daya being in there, you know. Yeah, so. I mean that that seems to have been the big thing, doesn't it? That it's just getting so much attention. Yeah, I thought Judd, Judd Apatow's daughters in it as well. If yeah. you remember her from the Knocks Up movie in uh, 40, uh, what is it? This is 40, which she's And, and she, she's not doing anything too risque herself. She's not she? really in it that much now, in fairness, but she's just some one good of the background people in it, characters. And quite a lot of good new people in it, actually. I was quite impressed. It's, it's a really quite interesting, interesting take. And I think it's along the same lines as uh, 13 Reasons Why in a lot of guises, but I think it's a lot more sophisticated than growing up and yeah. different people working on it. So very HBO, if that makes sense. Because um, they certainly have a very polished kind of production. So no, that's good. I've been watching that. Um, struggling to get into anything else, really, because... I've, keep I've tried a couple of watching new Big things. Little Lies Season 2. Yeah, I keep watching... Did you ever watch... Um, is it The Expanse? That's actually program. one of the ones I watched the first episode and it just didn't grip me at all. I was no, I had that. I fell asleep during the first episode and didn't really get back to it. Um, yeah. But it's things like that that people say you should watch. I was watching something that I think I talked about last time called Warrior, which is a cool uh, show set in the eighteen nineties. Um, it's uh, Cinemax kind of thing, but it's it's all on Sky, um, Sky One rather than Sky. I don't know what's on the States, but it's Sky One rather than Sky Atlantics. It's not HBO kind of production, so that's pretty cool. Um, quite martial arts inspired thing. I think Bruce Lee's daughter is involved in the project, right. so it's quite cool. Um, but no, not a lot. I haven't seen any good new movies or I've been played a bit of Mario Maker, which is pretty cool, and some of the levels on that are really fun. Some of the extremely hard ones on, that people have created, like speed runs in 20 seconds, are just impossible, but really addictive. Um, but yeah, that's a cool game. But no, not a whole lot, but I think there's a lot to come from what we're going to talk about, I'd say. There's Obviously a hell some of, of it, a lot. Some of it sooner rather than later, but um, but a lot of it is 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 forecast for the next few years, especially when Marvel dropped everything it feels like um which they i think they've been waiting to do for some time and then we've got a bit of disney plus announcement as well i did 23 which is their like disney only um expo like a, a bit like a comic con for disney is uh, in a few weeks time late august i think um and they talk about everything disney related but i think you'll get a lot more talk about disney plus but i think the mandalorian drops the day it comes out in november um along with some of the other kind of newer stuff, all of Pixar content, it's going to be pretty cool. There's a lot of good stuff on there. So, yeah, that's going to be quite a big deal, I would imagine, over the coming weeks. And um, and Disney, uh, talking of which, before we move on, uh, in terms of news, um, Avengers has finally toppled Avatar. Hurrah! Hurrah. And I, you know, we, we didn't really talk about it at the time because people got a bit up in arms about them dropping like an extra nothing worth of add-ons to the post-credit stuff. And it was like, yeah, but at the end of the day, they were just, they were probably going to keep the movie out. It was just to give it a bit of a boost. Do you know it what I mean? It was just a PR just... boost, wasn't it? It was to just yeah. remind people, we're here. Why don't you come and watch it again? And it's a bit silly considering that Avatar was in the cinema for like 10 months to get well, its record. That, so, And obviously Avatar did um, get a proper re-release at some point in the last, you know, every cut part of revenue it's ever made. So yeah. any kind of anniversary re-release and stuff will all count towards its overall profiteering. Um, and well, I know it's going to be a bit I mean... different in the UK now, but, you know, we've got in Manchester, we've got those two cinemas when they swapped hands 
dropped all their prices and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't think that's maybe the same across the country, but it's certainly like when Avatar came out, it was expensive to see. They they hyped up the prices or they, they you know, so it, it might not have quite had the same amount of people on the seats, but it was obviously more because at the time because it was it was more expensive to go and see with the 3d glasses and everything being quite new at the time and quite revolutionary so you know nothing against it like i, I think it was still quite a feat and incredible kind of achievement at the time and you know I'm, i reckon the cg holds up really well still in in, a, in an imax and whatnot but but you know endgame i felt like deserved it i mean nothing's ever done what it did in terms of that first couple of weeks do you know what i mean that's just everybody went to see it and and the cinemas have never put on films that readily do you know what i mean 24 hours they were opening in the states and stuff it was just absolute carnage so and marvel have worked up to that as well do you know what i mean it's 10 years in the making it's not yeah. a random one-off film that everyone tells their mates and their mates and their mates about and, and goes and sees so you know avatar was a fantastic achievement but yeah, I'm pleased that um, it finally got uh, you know it, it made it limped over the finish line. But me too. I'm, I'm, I'm glad both. that it. I'm glad <laughs> it that it not matter. just got there. I'm glad that it comfortably sort of got over the line. It it would have been rubbish if it had finished like at one point it was about eight million dollars behind it, and that would have oh, been. Oh yeah. I'd rather it had gotten nowhere near it and say topped out at two billion. You know, so it was like seven hundred million away than to get to, say, 2.71 and it needed, like, 2.74 or something. I mean, that's just... For it to have been so close yet so far. But at the end of the day, I, I'm the same as you. I think it deserves it. Most people that I know that, that like Avatar say it was a better spectacle than it was a film. That Like, the actual story was nothing special, I, but visually it was incredible. Yeah, I, I've said a few times, I, I, I loved it upon release because... I went because everyone had hyped it up. Do you know what I mean? I, uh, before that, I was just like, giant blue people? What the hell is this? Do you know what I mean? I, I didn't get anything out of it. And I went to see it. And I, and I didn't even care that much for the story, but the bits in the forest that they created, the world he'd created, and the 3D element of it was just outstanding. It, is, it was staggering. Do you know what I mean? You've never been that immersed in anything before. So I got it. But then when you watch it, not the cinema, it's it's quite bland. You know, mm. it's, it's it's not much, and it goes on and on and on. And I know Avengers is three hours, but for us, that's like three minutes. Do you know what I mean? It didn't and, feel and it, it didn't like feel that. at all like that. No. And that that's the making of a good film for me. But so, yeah, it's, it's uh, one of those things. So, are we going to, seeing as we're already on it, are we going to start with Marvel, seeing as that's pretty much uh, the major talking point? It is, but I think we should come back to it at the end. Okay. Uh, I think I think we do some um, of the kind of interesting things, but things that maybe didn't blow us away, and then Marvel would be the thing we talk most about. Yeah, I think something we need to talk about today. Right off our shoulders. Well, exactly. Yeah, the thing that dropped today, which there was a poster that dropped at Comic Con, but there wasn't any kind of panel or anything. But um, we had a trailer for Zombieland Two Double Tap, um, which again is a great title, I must admit. Um, and this sees the return of. Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Boo. Emma Stone, and Abigail, Abigail Breslin. Yes. Um, no Bill Murray, obviously, this time around. Boo. Um, which is one of the finest cameos of all time, I must admit. Um, drops 18th of October, and Ruben Fleischer directs it again. I think it's the same writers as last time. And we had a trailer that dropped uh, a few hours ago, 
and I'm a little bit unsure, but oh Christ, it's it's Zombieland. Do you know what I mean? So I, I you know, getting that original cast back together, it's ten years on. I'm still. It's been one of those things, hasn't it? They they've always all said they'd like to do it. It's just been a case of how and when. Yeah, exactly. I think it was always going to happen. It was just a case of, I mean, obviously with Emma Stone and Jesse Eisenberg, their stock has risen so much. I'd say Woody's like a, a transformed guy in the last few years. So I mean, if you look at Woody Harrelson's career since that came out, so it's 2008. Um, was it 2008 or 2009? I think it yeah, was 2009. It was. Oh, it was. Okay. So he, well, Seven Psychopaths. Now you see me. He was in the Hunger Games. He was obviously in True Detective. True Detective in was 2014. His, was his big of, reawakening for me. Kind of big reawakening, exactly. Um, edge is 17, he's great, and he's in War for the Planet of the Apes. He got nominated for an Oscar for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, he's in Solo. Um, he's been in some great projects. Do you know what I mean? Woody's probably one of the most kind of charismatic but brilliant actors working today. Um, Eisenberg obviously went on and was big at that point. Social Network was probably his biggest movie, which was after then. Um, obviously, his career's maybe stalled a little bit after Lex Luthor. Yeah, oh. suggest as such. Um, which again. It was just the wrong choice. Do you know what I mean? It was. It was, it was the wrong just... choice, and it was a wrong script of the wrong type of Lex Luthor. Oh, it just Brian Cranston wanted to do it, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, think about it. That, that's anyway. just infuriating, knowing that Brian Cranston was the guy they wanted and they couldn't make it happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Brian they went for someone. Cranston. They went for someone so polar opposite. It's just bizarre. Um, you really couldn't have have gone from one extreme to the other. They they must have been casting with a dartboard with just random pictures that they found on Google of male actors. Yeah. Because to go from someone so intense and bald and like raspy voice like Brian Cranston to go to quite a weedy, curly-haired, nerdy type yeah. is just so bizarre. But hey... Abigail Preslin, obviously she was just a kid in this. I mean, she was 13 at the time. She's only 23 now. So she's kind of got a whole career ahead of her. And then, I mean, if we, you know, we're talking about the major star of of that's happened is Emma Stone. Um, You will obviously have not seen La La Land and will never see La La Land, let's be perfectly honest. Um, But, you know, I think all of us have a, minor or major obsession with Emma Stone these days. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just logical. That's logical. I think you'd really quite like the favourite because it's utterly batshit crazy. I know it's a period drama, but it's it's just wildly hilarious and it's really good. Um, but she's great in that. Obviously, she's in Birdman. Have you seen Birdman? Uh, you should watch Birdman. I've not, but I, I do keep meaning to watch it. Michael Keaton's in it, and Ed Norton, and obviously she is. Michael Michael Keaton's kind of it's kind of a riff on Batman. It's it's really good actually. It's it's pretty pretty out there, but it's really good. Um, and she's obviously worked quite closely doing the Help and Crazy Stupid Love and Easy A, which is a great movie. And she's just gone on and on and on, strength to strength. She's probably one of the most thought sought after actresses or actors in Hollywood at the minute. Um, and she's picking some really good projects. 
I really like Maniac as well. I know you didn't maybe get through that, but she was great in that. Well, I, I got um, through it. I watched it all. Yeah. I, I liked her in it. I just really didn't like Jonah Hill. He, he was my, my big problem with it. Yeah, and I mean, we we talked a bit about it before, and his character in the one of the second to last episodes, I can't remember what he was called, but it sounds like Rory. Um, when he was the gangster. Was, oh no, when he was that weird Finnish guy. When he was the gangster, that was all kinds of weird as well. Um, I must admit, though, he did a movie, he directed his first movie called Mid-90s, that I think you'd really like. And it came out, uh, I don't even know if it's on a streaming platform yet. It kind of got a low indie release, but it's set in the 90s and it's about a kid skater. It kind of goes off the rails, but it's got a really good 90s soundtrack. Okay. Um, kind of grunge kind of soundtrack. It's good. It's, okay, well, it's that's really interesting good. to me. I'm, I am a sucker for a good soundtrack. Yeah, I think you'd love it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, the projects they've all worked on have just, I don't know, have just kind of gone from strength to strength really and so for all four of them to sign up again for this Zombieland is one of my favourite films of all time and there is a scene in the trailer when a zombie gets crushed or destroyed by a combine harvester that was, which is just genius that was by far my favourite bit because it was ridiculously graphic if that's not zombie killer of the week I don't know what is Do you know what nothing I mean? will that's ever be, be zombie killer of the week when Daryl dragged a zombie out the back of the car and slammed his head in the boot See, that's pretty epic. Zombie Killer of the Week in the first Zombieland when the nun rings the bell on the door to the church and someone drops a grand piano on a zombie's head <laughs> is pretty epic as well, I must admit. Um, I think we could do it at some point. It's like a topic choice, but um, the opening sequence to Zombieland is one of the finest opening sequences to any movie ever. Um, it's that, I can't remember what the song is, but it's a heavy metal song. <clears throat> and it's when just the whole world is going to to shit basically and there's a fat kid running on the nfl um pitch being chased and eaten and then there's carnage in all the cities and there's blood and guts and then there's the demonic children who are chasing the mother like they've just come from a kid's party it's just genius and then that intro where you've got all this talk about all the rules that jesse eisenberg talks about like double tap obviously and cardio um, and always wear your seatbelt. Which just, we see in the trailer. It's just, it's so well put together, the original film. It's so well produced, so well edited. It's such a fun movie. Um, I just hope they recapture some of that spirit. And the trailer looks a lot of fun. Do you know what I mean? I think the, the main thing is the fun aspect, isn't it? It's a zombie yeah. film that really doesn't take itself seriously at oh, all. Oh, not in the slightest. I mean, they go to a bloody fun fair in the first one. Do you know what I mean? That's the major mission in the film is eventually to get to a fun fair. And all he cares um, about is getting his Twinkies. Oh, God, the Twinkies. That, that's he, all it's about, he shoots, Twinkies. he shoots the box of Twinkies and it's got like... I'll pick the buckshot out of it for you. Yeah. It's like, oh, mate. Um, and he goes really angry because they get those coconut marshmallow things. <laughs> just furious oh, yeah, the snowballs. It's just genius. Um, there's a lot of good elements in that first film. I mean, it's 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 almost perfection. So I'm hoping, yeah, I think we should both go and see this. I think we should see it together. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that works for me. I definitely yeah, want to go and see it just because the first yeah. one was such a good film. And we don't get many comedies anymore. And I think Woody just brings such... He was so good. I mean, the, the love of killing zombies. I mean, what he says in that first film is that 
you know, he, he grabs a pair of shears at one point. Um, and when he hits the guy over the head with a banjo in the supermarket, <laughs> it's just perfect, man. There's so many good sequences. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, I don't know how much more they've got to introduce, but I think they'll, uh, you know, after 10 years, they've probably got enough up their sleeve. Uh, they have wanted to make it for a lot of years. So I'm glad they managed to do it properly and not mess it up. Yeah. It was a failed attempt at a TV show, which none of them had any involvement in. And I'm glad that just kind of died a death. Do you know what I mean? Because it didn't have any place. You know, it's just, it, it was just trying to go off the back of the original anti zombie kind of popularity. But I'm glad zombies have kind of died down a little bit, um, which actually leads us on to season 10. Almost seamlessly. Dead. Almost as though it was planned. It wasn't. Um, No, of course it wasn't. We don't do plan. Season 10. I mean, Michonne's last season, obviously, Denai Guerrero is going to go on to be in Black Panther 2, and her stock is on the rise. She she has definitely outgrown The Walking Dead. As had, I thought, Andrew Lincoln before he signed on for two TV movies. Um, I'm a bit sick of the spin-offs. I lost touch with Fear the Walking Dead because um, it, it was all a bit shit, to be honest. Um, and they really didn't know who were their best characters or what to do with them. The writing just wasn't wasn't good, because, again, it was Scott Gimple, wasn't it, as showrunner, and he really lost his way. Um, and, obviously, the last season of, of The Walking Dead, we had a new showrunner. Um, if you remember a name, you've done very well. But she did bring a lot to the table. They did reinvent everything a little bit. They hit yeah. the reset button. They moved the timeline twice, I think. Um, which is you know quite quite significant, and you know it's 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 kind of been a difficult show for them because they're trying to keep it going, but it's, it it, it feels like it needs it. to be taken out the back of the barn now and just put it out of its misery. They they've had the slump, they're pulling out of it. Logic says it's going to slump again. And that'll just kill off the rest of the viewership, I think. You you, you can't keep getting so bad because it did get really bad, didn't it? And they did hemorrhage a lot of viewers. Yeah. And if it goes we, downhill we said again, season it, eight probably was the low point, or no, season nine, no, season eight, sorry, or season seven. I think it was seven was was widely regarded as being the absolute rock bottom because it just didn't make <sighs> any sense. And it was season so eight just went on and on and on with the sanctuary, didn't it? It just didn't ever resolve itself. It was just so pointless. And we lost all of our favourite characters as well. I mean, let's be honest. Um, so it was difficult. We we did talk about the last season and we gave it a lot of good praise for what it did right. But we always say, please, next season be the last season. Because yeah. I think we're just there with it now. Um, there isn't a lot that's keeping us together. From the trailer, they are weighing into the Daryl and Carol being best mates and spending more time together, which is smart because they're the two characters we like together. And they, um, they've got some of the best chemistry. It's always been those two that have had the real good chemistry because Daryl was the one that really pulled Carol out, wasn't he, when she was really in a downward spiral and then in turn she's done the same for him. She's helping get him back into the the personal side of things when he just wanted to go and live with dog in the in the woods and yeah yeah like like we've said several times on various different pods about the walking dead just make it the last one go out with a little bit of dignity and 
don't just... tarnish the good seasons by doing another. No, another bad and one. I know and people are quite seasons... uber, uber critical of Game of Thrones, right? So a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, but they kind of knew when they were done. As much as maybe they could have done a little bit more, there wasn't another season left. Do you know what I mean? Let's be honest. There Not without a few more intentionally episodes. dragging it no, out. No, but there the might have been a few more episodes left. But there wasn't many more seasons. We. It would become, and, and Game of Thrones never got boring because it never seemed to repeat the same pattern. Um, that was what was clever about Game of Thrones. It wasn't. It was always an evolving, moving piece. Because what they did is when it got maybe if it had lulled it would have stayed in one place too long and the only time it ever did that was the season with the high sparrow which is five or six um where they stayed in king's landing probably a little bit too long yeah and it just became a little bit familiar and a bit dull and and as soon as that happened you get episodes nine and ten of that season which were two of the finest episodes ever um and doesn't it it feel weird that we're talking about comic-con and we're not talking about a new season of Game of Thrones. It's pretty bizarre. Um, but it, like I'm saying, all, all I'm saying is Game of Thrones always changed. And what it did well is it obviously shot in multiple locations where it had that. You, you were always in a different place. You know, it could jump timelines where The Walking Dead. The only exciting thing it's done is made it snow. And that was for one episode. Mm. And I think that's a little bit sad that for such a high-ranking show that AMC have never really pushed the budget. They've obviously done really good effects. The zombies always look incredible. Do you know what I mean? But um, they've never really moved locations. They've never really explored anywhere else. And obviously in this trailer, they're looking at going out to sea and going west, um, which is the first time we've ever seen that happen. But my fear is they're going west and they'll meet up with the fear of the walking dead lot and then it'll just be something else. Do you know what mm, I mean? It's like that would be I don't, awful. I just just please I, I you know, when they rebooted it, I just wasn't sure what they would do, but now they're trying to reintroduce new characters and younger characters and this and that. There was a lot of characters thrown at the last season that were new and I just it's hard to care about people all over again. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, as much as it was quite positive at the time, every time a new season comes along, I just think just just end it before it gets a bit embarrassing because it's already kind of got there a little bit. Yeah. So we'll have to see. I will. We'll still watch it, and we will still hold our hope that this is the last season. But I fear it's going to keep on going. Like I said, ten seasons. I mean, when was the last time anything got to ten? Dexter was what seven or eight. Breaking Big Bad Bang Theory got twelve. Yeah, but that's a that's a that's a TV that's a network kind of um, comedy. It's different, you know. Um, it's a di- I think that's different in terms of the way it, you, you 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 know you're not getting people to watch it an hour every week and then wait six months of the year for it to come back around. You know, it's it's yeah. it's it's a kind of thing that just gets rerun and rerun. Um, Sons of Anarchy got seven. I don't know most of these big shows that are long long form episodes. You know, up to an hour. Never get, never get up to ten seasons. It's it's kind of ridiculous at this point. So we'll just have to see. Um, Watchmen, another adaptation, is coming. HBO um, project that's been greenlit for quite a long time. Probably been in the works for probably about a year or so now. Um, we've had a pretty chunky trailer that you're not that impressed by, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I love the film. I really, really I, do I really love the film. I really want to go back and watch the film, actually. We haven't done, I haven't watched it for a long, long time. I really should. 
I'm, I'm just not. I'm not overly sold. Work, really. To me, it just doesn't. I wouldn't have said it needed making. And the weird thing is, it doesn't follow the film canon. It follows the books canon. So yeah, people, who, people who have well. only seen the movie won't 100% follow the differences in the story. So that that's a little bit of a weird thing for me. I I just I'm not a hundred percent sure it needed to be made. I would rather there, there's probably other things that they could have put their attention on, but I'll undoubtedly watch it and and see what it is. But I'm not I, overly bothered. Yeah, my hope is that HBO don't greenlit things that often. They are quite strict, um, so I'm hoping they thought the script is good enough. They've got some quite good people working on it. The writers are good. Um, solid production crew, some good people cast, uh, Regina King, I think, and Jeremy Irons and various people in there. So it's it's got promise, and I like the trailer. I thought it was good. Um, I don't know. It's difficult to read at this stage, but I think for, for me, I will watch it, but I'm going in with quite low expectations. Um, it's quite different from your... Obviously, you watch a lot of the CW kind of TV shows. Yeah. Um, this looks grittier and a bit darker. Um, well, it's got to be because the subject material is the epitome yeah. of of darkness and grit and violence and gratuitous pretty much everything. Exactly. We, exactly we did see so. little bits from the CW shows, but they're not really showing that much away because they're gearing up for um, Crisis on Infinite Earths and basically all of their trailers involved a lot more yeah, retrospective views over the their past seasons because they're building up to the end of Arrow, which is going to be a huge part of um, of Crisis. The only thing that's really come out from that is that um, LaMonica Garrett, who plays the Monitor, is also set to be playing the Anti-Monitor as well, which anyone who's read Crisis on Infinite Earths will not be surprised by that because it's all about the, the an- Anti-Monitor. Um, the one thing I would say about the Watchmen, before we quickly move on, is Damon Lindelof is the writer. So that's why it got a lot of hype, because he is quite well established. So he wrote Lost. So he right. was the kind of major kind of creator of Lost. Um, but he also wrote things like Star Trek Into Darkness and World War Z, um, and The Leftovers, which is a really good program. And that's really quite dark subject matter. It's got a little bit of vibes about um, Infinity War because it's what happens when X amount of the population just disappears and what happens afterwards. So it's a little bit like a series of what happens at the beginning of Endgame for that first hour. Yeah. Um, really good. Um, but he he's quite well known as being a kind of dynamic sci-fi kind of writer. So I think he's the one that heavily pitched it and he's the one that wanted to get it made. So... There's some promise there. Do you know what I mean? If if you're getting a good writer on, that's half the battle, I think, with some of these TV shows. So, I mean, it's it's only half the battle. There's still a lot more to get right. But, yeah, fingers crossed with that. Um, what I was going to say, I think TV shows are hard now because there's so much choice. Like, we say what we've been watching, but we also talk about it's hard to get into stuff because there's a new show that drops on every different streaming network every couple of days, week. Yeah. And it's like everything demands your attention. So, I mean, me and you will always go and watch 
what, what we always did was always watch the Marvel Netflix stuff and binge that and obviously Stranger Things and Game of Thrones and the, the really well-established stuff. You watch all the CW stuff, which I used to, but it's, again, really quite hard to keep up all the yeah. time. Um, but then there's other big TV shows. You know, HBO are all doing stuff and all the kind of BBCs and Channel 4s and ITVs are producing high-quality content now. And then we've got other players coming on board. So... It's really difficult, to be honest, to keep up with everything. Um, and, you you know, you do need to be gripped by something. You know, I, everyone recommends, oh, go and watch this, go and watch this. And I'm like, I watch a bit of it and I'm going, I don't really fancy this. Do you know what I mean? Just because you fancy it doesn't mean I will. Yeah. And it's it's been tough to get things to grip my attention. So I'm hoping some of the stuff that comes along soon is that kind of instant grab, you know, because it, did you watch a little bit? Is it what's that class thing called? Is it Dead Class or something? Deadly Class? Deadly Class. Is it any good? Because I, again, I, I, I might watch it, but I, I got it recommended to me. So I've watched the things. first episode, and I kind of want to watch more. But like today, I've had some like spaces where I could watch a TV show, and I've just found myself going and watching YouTube videos and stuff like that. So <laughs> it it's not gripped me that much. Not like you know, where, oh God, I need to try and fit like Euphoria. I watched the first four episodes in two days because yeah. I was desperate to watch it. It was okay, but I I can't say that like it really hooked me in. So no. I don't know whether I'm going to watch the rest of them because no, I tried a, some other CW show. shows and they were the same. It was just like a bit meh. There's a show called The Boys. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and watch that because it's got a really good cast. So that comes out on Prime this week, I think. Um, maybe tomorrow or maybe next week. Um, and that is supposed to be like a better version of Deadly Class. Yeah. So I think I'll stick with that. Um, because again, like you said, you've got two things vying for your attention. And they all feel like a little bit like they've kicked on from Umbrella Academy, but Netflix got there first. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it does. does it, like... It's got a small sort of element of it, but without fully, being as but... interesting. Yeah. Because it's and a it's, bit more normal than the Umbrella Academy, which and, is and a Umbrella shame. Academy to me, which was the great thing about it, is it was bloody weird. Now we said from episode one, it was bloody out there. Do you know what I mean? And that was the smart thing about it because it gets you hooked, and you go, "Look, I'm not sure about Talking Monkey, but it's a Talking Monkey, so I'm going to yeah. go back and watch more because it's a Talking Monkey." You know, or Klaus is 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 right out there, and I really look like him from instant minute one, and I want to see what happens with it next. So, and Euphoria was similar to that. So, I think a show's got to be good from from pretty much straight away, otherwise yeah. it ain't going to keep you. You know, so well, it's, anyone it's, who knows me or has listened to us says, um. You, you've got a very, very, very small window of opportunity to grip my attention as a TV show. And if, if you don't, there's there's a dozen things I could probably find. Or like I say, I'll, I'll just go and go on YouTube and there's always videos from the things I subscribe yeah, yeah. to or the things that I like them. And they grab me like that. And well, it's a because constant unlike battle. Us, unlike us, say Emergency Awesome, 10 minutes. Yeah. 12 minutes. Whereas we ramble on for two hours, but they nice succinct ten minutes video, or there's some video about a game or this or a review of that. You know, you write or you watch a trailer for this or you do that. It's like I don't know. You stumble down a rabbit hole in YouTube, don't you? It's kind yeah. of like, and it's easy because it's bite sized and it's it's not. It doesn't require much attention. And I think with those series that 
it's got to be worth it for me to put my phone down. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's got to be good enough. Um, and in a world where we all just stare at our phones 90% of the time, it's it's hard. So Speaking good of staring at our phones, are, go on, I've just me. looked at something on IGN. Spider-Man Far From Home has now clocked over a billion dollars worldwide, making it's it the, the only Spider-Man grossing. movie to yeah. reach that. It's the highest grossing Spider-Man movie of all time, which, yeah. I mean, Spider-Man 3 did quite a lot of money for the time of when it was released, you know what I mean? It did do a lot of rev. It, it, it certainly did, but it, um, yeah, certainly nothing like this. And, and obviously Homecoming was kind of a reboot. It was a soft reboot, but it, it still wasn't huge. But then what did Venom do? That did something ridiculous, didn't it? I think that got about seven, mid-700s, maybe and even up for, to 800. Yeah, I mean, most of that was in China. Um, and, that, and that was pure Sony. That wasn't really with any Marvel influence no, exactly. at all. Exactly. I mean, we're still waiting for the announcement for uh, Spider-Man 3, but we, we know it's going to happen. Do you know Venom what I mean? did and, 856 million. I mean, Aquaman did like 1.2, didn't it? Uh, yeah, something. Early, early billions. I mean, we, we were saying before, DC, very quiet showing. Um, we predicted a bit of Wonder Woman. We got none. Yeah, um, I was I was really disappointed by that, considering that it's going to be out basically this time next year. Did they push it year. to May? Or did they push it to summer next year? I think it, it was got pushed to June earlier. or July. Okay, so interesting. So they've gone for the big summer release. 5th of um, June 2020, it's out. Okay, so it's competing off the back end of Black Widow. Um, so it, so it, it's out. Uh, yeah, Black Widow's out May the 1st. Yeah. Oh, that's so about, right. That's that, about uh, right. I think that's possibly why they moved it's it. It's hitting the X-Men slot. There's always an X-Men movie around around June, isn't there? Or usually is. Um, not for a while, certainly, but <laughs> there always has been. Um, it's going to be interesting, but I thought they would have dropped something from it, maybe some teaser stuff. But it's just because DC, I mean, other than Joker, which isn't, the traditional DC, and we said they wouldn't bring anything from the Joker because they're not pitching it to that audience. They're trying to pitch it to a, a different audience, which seems a bit weird. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're trying to pitch it for Oscar contention. They're not trying to pitch it for um, for its audience, which it's going to need an audience, otherwise they ain't going to get any traction. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's interesting. Um, but they've not got anything in the works because Flash got so badly screwed up. Birds of Prey's early doors, isn't it? It's definitely being produced, but it's yeah, very early. It's definitely um, happening. Yeah, because they're all cast and, and everything was happening. Um, obviously, Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Winstead? Winstead. Right, is in it, and uh, we know Margot Robbie's in it, and some other good people. But other than that, there's not much on the table right now, I don't think, which is weird. Like, um, Batman is, is in early... I don't think we've ever discussed old Robert Pattinson. Um, no, I don't think cast. we have. I don't. No, even, but, but they haven't even got a script, have they? No, they haven't, because it was always going to be Ben Affleck working on it. Yeah, so, yeah. and now um, what's his face that's directing? He's he's partly doing the script, isn't he? Is he the, the man that did the um, the monkeys um, films that you've been watching? Oh, I couldn't tell you, but I've watched two of them now, and I'm going to watch the third when I, whenever yeah, I get I some think... time. I think he is. Um, Matt Reeves. Yeah, it is. Matt Reeves did yeah. the um, I think he thingy did all of the Apes films. Yeah, he did. So that's obviously a good sign, really, I think, because they're good films. Well, especially it's a good sign really in terms good. of the story and his, com- his comfort with 
huge CGI budgets. Yes. And and he did Cloverfield. He did Cloverfield, kind of less, yeah. Less budget, but still good premise, you know. Um, and in terms of having the sort of suspense and horror thriller aspect to it, which the Batman's supposed to be like, because it's meant to be a bit more film noir, looking yeah. at his detective stuff, so it should be a bit less cheesy, a bit less... I think it'll be a bit edgier. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be a bit edgier. I'm, I'm, really, um, I'm really excited for it. It's been a long time since anybody has properly reinvented Batman. I mean, you're talking yeah. basically going back to Batman Begins, aren't you, at the start of, of oh, uh, Christopher Nolan? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, so and, it's a so bit that's long a long time overdue. back. That's 2006 or seven. Because we know they're never going to step away from Batman and go, ooh, let's put the spotlight on someone else. So the best you can hope for is a complete reinvention in the way they're doing. And I think of the two people, it was going to be uh, Rob Panson. And uh, uh, I haven't seen that much of his work since obviously the movies that shan't be named but i think he's quite i think he's doing this to not fund his indie career but he, he makes high-end indie films do you know what i mean he's supposed to be very good but I, i've seen pretty much nothing of his but people who watch a lot more cinema than me have said if you ignore those films which we won't talk about because they're just hideous Yes. He's actually supposed to be very talented with a very, very good range, lots of emotion, lots of certainly range. It's just yeah. that and he I've happened seen a couple to be of in those projects. films and they were very, very projects. poorly written, very, very poorly conceived ideas. And he just wasn't able to show his range because he had to be this morose glitter vampire, werewolf, whatever. Yeah. And people who like I say, people who know more than me have said this is a brilliant move. And I'm inclined to trust their opinions. Until I've seen uh, otherwise. Yeah, the other guy that was going to be it was very close, very close was Nicholas Holt. Um, so those two were in the running together. Now Nicholas Holt, obviously, um, what's he called? The Young Beast, beast. Um, in X Men has done a lot of good projects. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road, um, which is confirmed to begin two sequels. I must admit, you might eventually watch one of those. Um, I'll try and watch the first film by the time the third one comes out. Yeah. Bring it on. That's one um, of those he, deals. Like, if you're not married we'll, by 40, we'll be like in a Zimmer frame doing this podcast when we're like 86 and you'll have finally watched it. You know, I have to like... find a hearing aid compatible headset. <laughs> um, but it's it's one of those things. It's uh, Nicholas Holt, I think, would have been an interesting choice as well. I've heard a couple of people pitch him as being Superman. I think mm. he'd be a good Clark Kent. Um, I, I, I don't see, see him as Superman, but then I I didn't see Zachary Levy as Shazam, and and Levy was perfect as Shazam. He, he was I mean, brilliant. He really I mean, was. at the end of the day, you can bulk up in a gym with the right personal trainer and the right diet. And and, and Levy wasn't entirely bulked up, but some of that was CGI. Or the yeah, suit, well, it was the, I mean? the suit so, was yeah padded in certain areas, but he he was cut underneath that. I mean, oh no, don't get like, me wrong. Yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah, he Jason was Momoa good, but. No, Holt's Holt surprising, but he's got a better build than people like to. He's just not ever done. He does a mixture of roles. He's, he's a talented actor. He always has been. So you don't just um, see him walking around shirtless on beaches, you know, like you would with say no. the Rock or someone like that. He's no, exactly. Generally I mean, a fan Rock, of clothes. It's, it's like Chris Hemsworth. It's like a natural thing for his films to be topless at some point yeah. or another. I'm sure in Men in Black at some point for some random reason he was topless. You know, um, we, we've got to start moving on to on to Marvel stuff now because I'm getting too excited. Yeah, I think we've we've I think we've done everything we can do otherwise because there isn't 
there isn't a lot. I, I mean, it looked like a great event, as it always does. Do you know what I mean? It looked like loads of great stuff happened. Um, but I think it was all about Marvel. I think everyone knew that. Especially seeing as they weren't there last year. A lot of people did sort of think that the expectation was on them. And they really, really brought it this year. They absolutely oh, just I mean, blew everything out the water. It's a huge panel. It was, it was huge. And I mean, to see... I've seen bits of Kevin Feige. He's such a such a well you know well spoken man. But to me, it was like I don't know watching like an Apple event or he was just like it was very slick. The orchestra is so slick. Um, and of and all the problem... the, and that that final scene when they got everybody out. So you had oh, the man. cast of Black Widow, uh, the cast of the Eternals, the cast of. Um, Shang-Chi, and then you had the major characters from Falcon Winter Soldier, Division, Doctor Strange, Loki, um, Hawkeye, and obviously Thor, Love, Love and Thunder. You've got all of those people, including <laughs> all the names we recognise, and then you go and throw Angelina Jolie in the mix, and uh, David Harbour's coming in for Black Widow, and it's just this embarrassing collection of a-list it's celebrities just, and I think what we said when we reviewed Spider-Man last week that was I thought really stuck with me, and I must admit I went back. I don't listen to our podcast because I don't like the way I sound, which is always why no one listens back to their voice. But I listened back to last week's because I, I thought it was a really good conversation, and it was. I think the one of the things we mentioned was that Jake Gyllenhaal is an A-list like actor. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He, he's he certainly is. He's huge. Um, and they've had a habit in recent years, Kate Blanchett, um, and some of the other kind Jeff of Goldblums. Jeff, Jeff, old Jeffy boy, he's such a legend. He had a slot at Glastonbury this year playing piano with his jazz band. Yeah. I mean, how cool. He's like 65 years old. He's just insane. Um, but, like, to me, you know, some of the actors they're casting now, you know, are just next level. And we will we will obviously talk about the big reveal at the end, which everyone knows about anyway. Um, but you're getting a two time Oscar winner there. Like it's it's they are riding really high at the minute and they are casting people like crazy, you know, They're casting actors. people that a few years ago they probably wouldn't have cast. No, I mean Rachel Weiss wouldn't have even touched a Marvel film. Well, we, we said that about Kate Blanchett, didn't we? That that was yeah. really one of the big turning points. Somebody that you would never get within a mile of a comic book film becoming admit, the main villain. So th- there's been footage um, of uh, the Black Widow film shown at Comic-Con, which we haven't seen yet because I think it's kind of not uncut, but it's like raw. It, it's um, it's fully embargoed. They're allowed to talk about it, but they've said that footage will never be um, No, we online. will get a trailer with a lot of that footage, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But it won't be probably for another month or so. It's, it's going to be a good... I, I think we'll get it towards the end of the summer when it's a little bit more polished. It may be D23 after Disney because yeah. I'll probably be dropping more after that and that's in a month. Or towards towards September, which they makes do sense. tend to make more of the big announcements at D twenty three because that's their own thing. But when we were talking about Stranger Things a few weeks ago, we were like, "Christ, won't it be great to see these actors doing this, the younger actors?" And David Harbour, what's he going to do next? Well, he's going to play the Red Guardian in who is, in the who is basically movie. the the Russian equivalent of Captain America. Exactly, which is going to be wicked. And there's going to um, be four different Black Widows because everybody who graduates from the Red Room 
takes on the code name of Black Widow. It's just that Natasha Romanov is the most famous one. And it, one it, of the most sought after actors uh, going around is Florence Pugh at the minute. She was yeah, in Midsummer. And she's playing the Fighting with My Family, something. which you will really love when you watch Fighting with My Family, which I know you do intend to watch. I, do, I will, because it's wrestling related. And yeah, it's, but I, you know. I genuinely think you'll, you'll have a great time with it. And Rachel Weiss, as you say, playing Malena, who's one of the older ones. And, and there's going to be, I think, I, I mean, Rachel Weiss was interviewed and she said there's there's quite a lot. So I think there's at least going to be five or six Black Widows. And obviously the one that um, is the uh, is the big one is Scarlett Johansson, is, is Natasha. But it's interesting how they're going to going to work it. Obviously, we're going to get Budapest. Jeremy oh, Renner is not yeah. 100% confirmed for it. I think he will be in the film, which is So we great. know we get Budapest and we uh, originally it was thought that this was going to be a prequel as in it was going to be set way back. It's not. It takes place between Civil War and yes. Infinity War, and apparently it's going to it's going to add more depth to Nat's character as to why she made the sacrifice at the end of Endgame that she did. Uh, and I think we've talked a lot about that. Obviously, it was such a, a long podcast, so we did focus on her for quite a large proportion at the, at the time. And and we said that she earned it and the way it was delivered was sincere and we understood why. But I don't mind having more of that. Do you know what I mean? We've always said we, we like... I don't know. You always talked about a ledger, haven't you? Do you know what I mean? We've always yeah. been interested by that. And, and obviously, she's played the character so well, but she's never had enough chance to shine. What excites me most is this film is essentially going to be a Bourne-style... Um, you know, John Wick style. Well, like I said on Twitter the other day, it basically sounds like we're going to be getting Winter Soldier 2. It's well, going to yeah, be that, that kind of thing. It it's way. going to be a lot more practical effects, very, very little CG, a yeah. lot of stunt work, a lot of um, big fight scenes, but it'll be gun fights and fist fights and knives. Is, and who's the villain? Is it Task? Taskmaster. Master. So, so Taskmaster's main he's shtick. Quite, he's copies, doesn't he? He's, yeah, he, he's, he's got this. He's got this special kind of out. like muscle memory. Anything he sees, he can instantly copy. So when he fights with oh, Black Widow, he's in Widow, the PS4 game as well. I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, he he will be able to copy her fighting style, and that's why he's so difficult because then you've got to be thinking of fighting in a completely different style than you normally do. And obviously mid-fight. all the Black Widows are very much regimented and trained to fight in certain ways. So that's, yeah, that's exactly. Cool. And he'll be able to pick it up like that and he'll be able to parry and block everything she does. And it, it just sounds like it's going to be it's really It's going to be more good. psychological than just about him, though. That's the feeling. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be a little bit... Well, yeah, because the dark, Red Guardian but... and Nat used to be involved. So they, they I don't yeah. know whether they were romantically involved or if they were just like assassin partners but she's very much seen as for obvious reasons she's she's a traitor to to her country and to the whole program so that's why the uh, Florence Pugh I forget the surname it's Yelena something is so pissed off with it because like she was her idol or something when she was a young black widow and then everyone sees her and she's on telly fighting with the Avengers you know she's fighting with Captain America the literal yeah. symbol of everything that she was created no, to hate. It does sound um, like it's going to be psychological and maybe a little bit darker as well because it is going to be dealing with some very heavy stuff to do with the Red I Room think, and how the Black Widows are actually created. I think there'll be edges. Have you, You've never seen the Bourne saga, have you? Um, I've seen the first two. So the third one's great as well, Ultimatum, and the third one goes a lot more into the detail about how he was essentially brainwashed. Um, and it's got... 
familiarities. I mean, it's a spy novel. It, they're all, they all have that element. It's obviously like the Winter Soldier. It's the super soldier style. You know, it's that kind of building a, a, a machine, you know, building yeah. a killing machine. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out, but they did that so well. Um, and I think some of the action sequences are going to be really good. I mean, I, I, I hopefully get vibes of, of what happened in um, Daredevil season three, which is that kind of crazy. Um, obviously, Daredevil is known for its close combat stuff, but who was the the villain that chucks all the cards and chucks everything else? Um, oh, it was Bullseye. Bullseye. I was going to say Deadshot. Yeah, Bullseye. Um, and stuff like that. That kind of combat. Do you know what I mean? It's if if they create that again and more Winter Soldier, Soldier style, I'm I'm there for that all day. I think it's going to be great. Um. I'll run through a few of the other things and we'll talk about the real standout. So obviously Eternals is also coming towards the end of next year, but we don't know much about it. We'll talk about the cast though in a minute. Um, uh, the Falcon Winter Soldier series and then Shang-Chi, WandaVision, Loki, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which yeah. Is an incredible name. Uh, which is if... great because they've confirmed that Wanda's going to be in that as well, yeah. which means we are finally getting a proper explainer for why she's called Scarlet Witch because yeah. she is a magic user. It's not, I mean, it's specifically, it's chaos magic. Yeah. But, they're but they can never call her a mutant either without the X-Men title. They, they couldn't, but I've said several times, I think that now they've got it at some point in the next few years, they will mention that the exposure to an Infinity Stone activated her X gene and that she is a mutant. Because now exactly. they can, they they can just go full comic canon. Yeah, um, Hawkeye TV show, Thor: Love and Thunder, and the Hawkeye and one yeah. is interesting because the logo that they've used is the logo from the run of comics where they introduced the new young female. Well, Kate it's, it's been confirmed that Kate Bishop is is apprentice. And that he's kind of essentially hanging up his bow and arrow at one yeah. point or another. I don't think Renner would do more than that TV show. I can't see him in, in you know, it'll be a new Avengers style at some point. No, I, I, I think he's done. After what happened with Infinity War and Endgame with him getting his family, then losing them, oh, then getting them back. They were talking about a uh, roadie spin-off TV show as well, weren't they? But I think Don Cheadle's getting on a bit. Mm, I'm, I'm not sure that that's the right... There's other characters that would be better suited I think to a newer spin-off. characters oh give me more daredevil and we won't care anymore but um anyway um eternals drops later next year um Ooh, we also had a, a really good thing from anthony mackie anthony mackie has confirmed that in um oh what what's the official bloody title of it because i just keep calling um, falcon and the winter soldier the, the falcon and F- the winter falcon soldier, cap yeah. will be wearing the captain america suit from yes. the comics which will be brilliant and that it will fall of next year so fucking autumn for normal people um, it's going to be kind of like a buddy cop thing in a lot of ways I think if they can capture um, even half of the awkward the riffing with each other the that they had in Civil War with the you know can you move your seat back no just I mean, how and stubborn they are the fight, the fight are. with Spider-Man is genius um, in that film obviously and also probably my favourite scene like you mentioned is when they're in the back of the VW Beetle and Steve is, is, is and when he's pissing with... Sharon and they're both just exactly. nodding along like yeah it's boy just, they're just yeah they're just like his buddies and, and it's and they're fighting over who's his bestest buddy 
No, exactly. I'm his best friend. No, I'm and his I, best friend. I can just see it really working. I think it's going to be great. And I, he played on that at, at Comic-Con as well, because Mackie came on carrying the shield, gives it to Sebastian Stan, and then after about three seconds goes, no, 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 that's enough. Give it back, give it back. I've just said loads of times as well, I always want more Sebastian Stan. I just think as good as Winter Soldier's been, he's such a cool guy and he's such a good actor. I just don't think we've always had enough of him. Do you know what I mean? Because he's kind of on the peripheral. He's one of the sub ones. I know he, you know, obviously he's got his um, pretty wicked arm and then he's great with weapons, but they've not focused on him as a main character like Iron Man or Captain America or Hulk or do you know what I mean so understandably but I always want more so I think this Disney Plus idea is, is a good way of getting us more you know um, it's Shang-Chi a good way of getting more of both of them because it'll give us more of an introduction to um, Sam Wilson as Captain America before we then see him as Cap in a film either an Avengers film or a cameo in a different one or whatever some other kind of ensemble film in the future yeah. Shang-Chi is interesting. Um, project looks really good. They've cast a couple of good people. Um, the director... I know nothing about. So no, I, I, I know, I'm I going know. into this he's, one like He's Guardian. extremely well known for his martial arts. I've got a feeling it leans a little bit into some of the Doctor Strange stuff. Obviously, the more traditional aspects of Doctor Strange in, in, in what they you know were doing in Hong Kong and, and, and that aspect of things um, and in the place in Kathmandu or Nepal which I can't remember the name of um, but what I read about Shang-Chi recently is that Shang-Chi teams up with Daredevil to capture the Punisher at some point and it just got me super excited that that might happen in a future film if they decide to go down that way if it's popular and it works and I do think martial arts will work well in the MCU um, and it's going to be intriguing, but the villain in that is the who's the one that Trevor Slattery, who's the um, oh, it's the Mandarin, yeah. So, but this, is, this is meant to be the, the real Mandarin, Mandarin because they had that really short post credit scene where the Mandarin is in prison and he sort of confirms that the real Mandarin does exist and they were just borrowing his name. Yeah. And they obviously had in mind that at some point in the future they were going to do the real Mandarin and it'll be nice to see it done properly because they've always hinted at it with the, you know, the terrorist group being called the Ten Rings in the first Iron Man film. Yeah. And it just seems like it was a bit ambitious to do that for such a new franchise, whereas now 22 films and something like $15 billion later, they're pretty confident and comfortable that they can do yeah. these things and, and it'll these be well films received. and i'll be honest i think dr strange will be a big budget film because it'll heavily into them um the effects obviously eternals might do as well but they're obviously introducing a lot of new property the disney plus stuff will will feed into some of the storylines but not directly well they, they've said ev- everything that that happens on disney plus it's all in the same universe as the main mcu and there will yeah. be crossover so things that happen in the shows will relate. But I would imagine the films won't rely on you to watch the shows because they, they never demand that of people. Do you know what I mean? They never quite ever say, you have to watch a TV show to know what's going to happen to this character. But I know what's been confirmed a little bit or, or rumoured, at least in Doctor Strange, is that they reckon the way Wanda brings back Vision um, creates some kind of multiverse or paradox. And that's why she'll be in Doctor Strange, is the mm-hmm. rumour. Which okay. I like the sound Yeah, that of. sounds good. Go weird. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the first Doctor Strange well, we film showed you can go weird. People will go and watch it and people will enjoy it. So just 
dive head first. And if you and... want to hear more of us talking about the strange, obviously this is a long way away. This film, but we did quite riff on it quite heavy last week as we said about his powers and, and how he's grown and how we're really excited to see it. And obviously it's just been confirmed, but it's great that Scott Derrickson's back on board. Yeah, um, it, it it needed to be Scott Derrickson because he's one of them. He's thrown himself into the. Oh, he's the a big comic book guy and, as well. And he, is, he really is. He's living the Doctor Strange stuff at the minute. And it's like Ryan Coogler with Black Panther. You know oh. that Marvel would have waited another five years for Derrickson than to say, well, we want Doctor Strange 2 to come out in three years. We'll just go and get another director. They would have waited and waited. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They've discussed that project with him after the first film came out, but it's yeah. just a matter of time. Um but it's cool how that will link in. I'm particularly kind of excited about the Falcon Winter Soldier. I think they'll get that right. I think that's Mac- going to be Mackie, absolutely Mackie hilarious. plays buddies. You know, he, he plays that well. He's a good actor. He's got a lot to offer. So I think they could do that really well. Shang-Chi is a good unknown quantity because I think good martial arts films can attract people no matter what. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 And there aren't that many. Um, the Raid is the standout of the last few years. But, you know, we love the action in Daredevil, you know, the, the close combat martial arts stuff that yeah. they introduced. So I think if they can do that on a slightly bigger budget and a bigger scale, that will be pretty awesome. Loki is going to be awesome, I think, because they're taking Loki from Endgame that disappeared with the Tesseract. And he's going to jump through time and different um, important events through universe and just mess with them, which is classic Loki. Let's and be honest. This also leans very heavily on the the multiverse thing because he can now travel yes. wherever he wants. And so Hiddleston he, is is just so perfect in that role, as we've we've always said. Do you know what I mean? It's and, and it really sounds great because it's a way of keeping him in the MCU technically, without having to bring him back and really piss everyone off and lose the the impact his death, of his death. his death was significant we said that vision didn't feel so much because we didn't care that much about the character although we did wear very good knitwear yeah um, he, he had an extensive knitwear collection which of course we are huge fans of yes exactly not in this heat i must add but uh, you know you. in any other climate um what if you can probably fill me on a bit more because i only read briefly yeah, the, the what if stuff is, uh, as the name implies, what if such and such a thing happens? So, and these aren't confirmed. This is just what I've been saying to people. It could be, what if somebody else was Iron Man? What if Bruce Banner didn't get hit by the gamma bomb? It was Betty Ross that got hit. What if Captain America never got frozen in the ice and lived, you know, through the 40s and 50s? It's basically like what DC called the Elseworlds. It's all the stories that people go, wouldn't it be weird if this thing had happened? And they go, okay, well, let's just put it in the what if. And they're going to be animated as well. So we already know Hayley Atwell's coming back to do Peggy Carter. It's rumoured that Chris Evans will be coming back and doing the voice of um, whether it's Captain America or whether it's just as Steve Rogers. We don't know. And the Russos did say, didn't they, that he wasn't finished with the role, even though what happened with Endgame happened. So this probably is what what they were hinting at. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Because we've got no, let's be honest, in in this whole phase, and I think there is maybe a couple more things to be confirmed, like Guardians, which which isn't, it's on the table, but it's not, because obviously James Gunn is working on... Yeah, he he said the other day um, on um, on Twitter, it is Suicide Squad first, 
and then he's going to sit down and, and sort out Guardians. So it's a good few years away yet. Exactly. And then obviously we think we've got another Spider-Man film in here um, at some point. Um, and then Black Panther, you know, Captain Marvel 2. Uh, and then, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of things. We'll come back to Thor in a second, but um, Fantastic Four was mentioned. Of all the ways to mention it as well, they mention it, it, Feige mentions it in his closing statements. We didn't get a chance to talk about Fantastic Four, the whole of Hall H. All he's doing there is going, it's happening, but not for a while. Yeah. You know, it's kind of And he's not daft. He knows the first thing that happens when people hear that, everyone goes to Twitter and it just gets the hype train started three, four, five years early. And then he mentions mutants. Which, of he course, the exact reasons. same things happen. We know that those things were going to come. Of yeah, course but do. I don't think they're coming in this phase. It, it's no, not, it's, there's too much on the table. Well, and... they've already said that some of these things are going to be phase, maybe even towards the end of phase five. Yeah, we're going to get a, an interesting X-Men reboot. How that happens, we'll wait and see. And we're obviously going to get a Fantastic Four movie. The one thing that slightly concerns me, I would say, is Peyton Reed is kind of in talks, potentially, to make Fantastic Four. And we do like Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I'm not sure that's the right fit for me in terms of tone. But, you know, we'll have to see. Um, Marvel generally don't make mistakes, so it's going to be interesting. Um, But Fantastic Four will be great if they finally get it right. Because it is a great comic book and it's got some brilliant characters. Do you know what I mean? It's got some classic characters. And it's the things um, that it sets up in terms of yeah. they, they could introduce oh, concepts and well. people for yeah. the next Avengers or for an Avengers Fantastic Four X-Men crossover. They, and a Doctor Doom is going to be Doctor interesting Doom's if they the, get that right. The Silver big one. Surfer. Yeah, uh, Kang the Conqueror as well. and. Yeah, it, it would also be a good way for them to backdoor um, the Kingpin in because the Kingpin's a big Fantastic Four villain. And yeah, Spider-Man I think because we Daredevil. don't Spider-Man's an interesting one because because obviously Spider-Man we we've talked about when we talked about it last week, and he's going to be in New York and it's what villain they bring into the uh, situation. But with these TV shows and the way they're developing everything, you can get people like Kingpin into the mix. Then do you know what I mean? Because it's less of a, and then he can be involved in the film, but maybe not in a major way if he's in a TV show and vice versa. So they've got a little bit more to work on rather than just releasing two or three films a year, because there's only so much you can put into those films. Do you know what I mean? The TV gives them more opportunity. And I think it's the right move because, and I think now when you see it on the board, you can understand why Marvel Netflix isn't a thing anymore because it is different. But it's you weird when you look at the whole slate put... for Phase Four. Yeah, you've got Black Widow film, Doctor Strange film, and Thor film, and then you've got one. We well, got oh, Shang Chi as well, sorry, you've got and Shang-Chi. then the Eternals. So you've got the Falcon, One Division, Loki, Hawkeye, and what if? You've got more TV shows than films yeah. in Phase Four. Which is Should the first talk, time they've yeah. done it. Well, it doesn't surprise me. And obviously, we, we've got to Star talk Wars Thor. shows. And... Yeah, so, I mean, so look, Thor Taika... is right at the bookend of um, of Phase Four, which and it was always going to be because it's a it's a big project, and they really did up the CG in the last film. Do you know what I and mean? And especially when quite... we already knew that we were getting, we know we're going to be getting Thor in some way in, in Guardians Three. It was just the case but that's of where gonna Guardians after, Three going to be in yeah. relation to to this. And Thor was never necessarily going to be 
in the Hall of Guardians. Do you know what I mean? People have to remember it is a Guardians film. No, he, um, I think he'll be on screen for probably half an hour in the whole film. He'll be there for the comedy, for the rivalry with Star-Lord, and for it might the, be a the little, adulation. Little, yeah, it's going to be like, I don't know, not like an Iron Man in the Spider-Man film, but do you know what I mean? It's going to be an involvement, but not a major story. Yeah. Point. It's, it's going to be different. Because from what we gather, is... Guardians 3 is them searching for 2014's Gamora. And I must admit, Guardians is a huge property for them because I know I talk about this sometimes, but like they're making a Guardians. There's a Guardians ride at the obviously the the one in the um, Disney Park in in California, but they're building a brand new one in, in the one in in Orlando, and it's it's a huge property for them, Guardians, because it took everyone by surprise, but everyone loves the characters. Do you know what I mean? Groot is like Groot and Rocket, and, and they're they're huge, so they're always. I think the James Gunn thing was was a bit of a distraction, but. They're always going to have made this film. They they are huge characters for them. Do you know what I mean? They love them. I think they've, I think they're potential to keep making films if they wanted to because there's so much story they can tell with them. Um, and because, because the, the Guardian Cosmic team Avengers. is known for having a bit of a rotating lineup, so they can just exactly take two people out and bring two new ones in and it's not going to feel weird weird. there you know avengers they're all established but you brought in a random new character the guardians you wouldn't care mantis just fit in and it didn't really feel awkward because the guardians are all random weird characters anyway so it's just it's really on point isn't it whereas like you say with with the avengers it's got to be done carefully Random weird characters. We should talk about Taika Waititi. Um, he is the most random weird person you'll ever find, and he's, I he's couldn't incredible. be more happy that he's. He's so happy. Did you see the pictures he was taking? He's oh, when when they brought Portman out on that, and when they brought Maharshala Ali out, it's yeah. just like the best picture I've ever seen. He is um, a fan. He really he's a massive is fan. a fan. Have you seen the trailer for his Jojo Rabbit film that's dropping later this uh, year? No where he plays Hitler that we talked about last week. No, I remember um, you telling me about it. It's a bit Wes Anderson. It looks really out there, but it's really funny in the trailer. So I think it'll work. Um, but Scarlett Johansson's in it and some really good people. So, um, But Tiger is just such a kind of weird and wonderful man. And I think his Thor film, you know, is going to be perfect. I mean, I love the graphics on the logo on that one, along with Doctor Strange. It um, just looks uh, like an 80s power metal, uh, power it, metal it, band, doesn't it? It looks like Flash Gordon to me, or Streets of Rage. To me, it just has that looks like a um, Bay Area metal band logo, like Metallica or Megadeth or Slayer. Yeah, yeah. It's like if if it was Love and Thunder, you'd be thinking, "Oh, sweet, when's the album coming out?" It it sounds a bit glam rock. Do you know what I mean? It sounds like something one of those kind of seventies, eighties bands. And it's one of them. Um, If if they couldn't have got Taika on board. Marvel wouldn't have made another Thor film. Hemsworth wasn't coming back for another one. He said, if they get YTT on board, I'll do as many Thor films as they want me to do. And and you've only got to see the behind the scenes footage from Ragnarok. He's there as the director and he should be the consummate professional. And he's the one that's pissing around and making everyone laugh and trying to get Jeff Goldblum to do stupid things and changing accents. And obviously this means Korg's going to be back, which is the best news ever. Oh, Korg and Meek. Yeah. Give me all Korg and Meek. Um, Where's their me spin-off show? Korg spin-off, man. I don't think they've got a budget to do a whole Korg show, to be honest. Imagine. I imagine the CG. Just that, do a but... few webisodes on oh, it. Just like shit, eight we minutes. can get a Louise spin-off on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Why is this not happening? Louise and Korg. Just sitting oh, around t- telling stories about the whole MCU. Oh, can what if just be what if 
What if um, Luis was one of the um, the watchers that Stan what, Lee was what with? If, what if Luis just did all of Stan Lee's cameos? Yeah. Um, Deadpool. What if Korg turned out Deadpool. to be the god of the Deadpool Marvel will probably never be on the slate, actually, I don't think, with Deadpool. I think they'll treat it differently. No, they, they've said he's never going to be part of the main MCU. He's going to be in his own little corner. And I said before on Twitter, I think now, with the announcement of the B word, they'll have the MCU and then there'll be this dark shadowy corner where they're technically MCU characters they can mention and reference main plot It's interesting, line, you know, because cross. Fox don't fully own the rights to some of these characters. They, It's another studio that they have got an agreement with, which Disney's going to take over the agreement for. But I can't remember who it is. But they also were part of the ones that got the the Wanda and the... Um, Fast Kid, I can't remember his name. Quicksilver. Yeah, they they were part of what got them into the MCU because they gave Marvel the rights because they weren't being used by Fox at the time. So it's it's interesting um, how these deals all work and how long they last for. I guess they last like 100 years or something, like at least. You know, it's kind of crazy how it happens. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of scope. There's so many characters with the X-Men. And, uh, you know, Kevin Feige that we talked about last week is going to be hugely involved in using as many of these because he's yeah. got... He's got a clean slate now. We can well, just... Well, he, he's able to start doing the ideas that he's had for a while. And the one thing we haven't mentioned, actually, from Thor was the return of um, Natalie Portman. Oh, interesting for you, because you really don't like Natalie Portman. Well, she's on the list, as everybody knows, the list of actors. But you haven't seen Annihilation yet, and you do like V for Vendetta, and you probably like Leon. Yeah, I do. I do like all of those, but her performance as Padme was painful. Oh, God. And the then... second Star Wars film and that performance with her and the guy that I can't remember the name of. Um, Hayden Christensen. Hayden. I was going to say something completely different. I was saying a footballer. Yeah, he, that second film is probably the worst. Oh, my God. It's just up there with Batman and Robin. It's some me. of Their the least romantic romance that I've ever seen. And it's like a lot of people said the same with that as they did with Thor The Dark well, World, where it felt like she was just phoning it in because she was contractually obliged. She was contractually obliged, and she spat the dummy because Patty Jenkins was in line to direct it. Yeah. And then Marvel screwed it around and, and pissed her off, and it all fell through, and she kind of stuck to her principles and basically... I mean, that that film was a train wreck anyway, really. I mean, it, it's got a couple of moments. And we, we do like Kat Dennings, but other than that... Yeah, yeah. It really doesn't hold We like Cat Dennings as Darcy and we like um, Eric Selvig. Yes, oh, we do. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the positive spin to put on it is it goes to show how highly Feige and Marvel think of her that yeah. they've brought her back for this. And, and, and I give her a bit of credit for coming back as well because, you know, she she's not stupid, obviously. Marvel are a good thing, but... She she has uh, she wouldn't she don't have to do this. Do you know what I mean? It, it would be by choice. It would be to work with Tyka, and I think we we talked about you, you t- briefly talked about it before. With you know Chris Hemsworth wouldn't have come back without Tyka. Um, equally, obviously Tyka wouldn't have been interested in doing this without Hemsworth. It's all part and parcel of the game. You know, it all works yeah. in tandem. Um, but I think what he feels is he can probably there's more to explore with. Hemsworth because he was only just scratching the surface because he really had to change the character from that second Thor film which really wasn't good to to reinvent the character obviously this comedic style character but 
Don't and now he's going to have to do the same so. with Jane Foster because he's going to have to reinvent her anyway to fit with this but new I fully style. Trust him because he's, he's but yeah, he is. He he's is, also but... going to have to reinvent her because, as we know, and as Taika so eloquently demonstrated, we will see the comic story ad, um, adaptation where Jane Foster becomes um, Thor, not Lady oh, and this Thor, was hilarious. Thor. The, the the outrage on Twitter is always funny when these things get announced. Well, there's so many people that don't seem to realise that in the comics, Jane Foster became Thor. I'm not going to go too heavily into no, not this why stage, she did, yeah. because it might. I don't know whether they're going to adapt it like word I, for word or yeah, if they're just going to loosely heavy. do it. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil any surprises, but it was a, it was a real plot. It was very, very well received. It was universally praised for the writing and the drawing and all the rest of it, but it's not as people seem to think. It's, you know, social justice warriors and um, PC brigade gone mad. It's nothing to do with that. It's just very recent. Like the introduction of Miles in Into the Spider-Verse, they're doing something that happened in the comics recently that was very well received because it keeps them up to date because they can't just keep rehashing the same things over and over. No, of course they can't. And, and people get bored by that. And, I, and I, I'm I think excited already, to see it. I, I really am. Because are... while Jane Foster was taken over as Thor, it freed up Odinson, as he then went you know, by the name of, to go off and do other things. And he was doing these crazy things with um, Gore the God Butcher and, you know, it involved Beta Ray Bill, so it's another way for them to bring him in, seeing as we know he was planned for, for Ragnarok. That's the guy that I was trying to get across last time. Yeah, the horse face fella. That's he the horse he, he face was fella. the one who originally had um, Stormbreaker because yeah, he, uh, I think it was Odin felt that, he, well, he proved himself worthy because he'd wielded Mjolnir, but he wouldn't keep Mjolnir because he said that that was Thor, so he made Stormbreaker for him. You do, you do pronounce Mjolnir much better than anyone else. I Mjolnir, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's, it's an impressive. I do, in fact, have a Mjolnir on my uh, my comic bookshelf. Yes, it's only a fancy dress one that cost me twelve pounds, uh, but I absolutely I have a, love it. I have a metallic one on my keyring alongside my Captain Marvel and Captain America shields. It's pretty cool. Show off. Um, I know. Every time I go to Disney, I, I either get a mug or I get a really cool keyring, and that's about it. Um, but so be it. Um, yeah. We, it's so be we've amazing. only really got one thing left. We do, and and the way they announced this was just incredible. It was fantastic. So so everyone from the Black Widow cast is on stage, and Scarlett uh-huh. Johansson says in a very I think it was her, it might have been Feige, said in a cheesy way, oh, you know, we're all wearing these hats. I don't suppose you brought 7,000 extras, did you? Oh, of course we did. Yay! And then when they bring out Mahershala Mahershala Ali, two-time Academy Award winner, as they, you know, to give him his full title. Which he is. Which he is. And of course, why would you not make a point of stating And I would say soon to be Emmy winner. Yeah. Stephen Dorff was not nominated, which really pissed me off. Quite, anyway. quite possibly to, uh, to oh, be another we will, winner. We will talk about that in a second. So, so he comes on and he's carrying his own hat. And Kevin Feige, in a very, very overly scripted way, with quite wooden delivery, which is unlike him. <laughs> oh, Mahershala, you, were, you seem to have brought your own hat. Oh, why, why don't you just pop it on? What does it say? <laughs> And then as soon as he puts it on, a few people at the front start screaming and then the the, screen lights up with the Blade logo. The funny thing is, because it's a black hat with dark logos on it, 
You couldn't even read it anyway. I couldn't until... see it until the logo popped up at exactly. the back. Exactly. So I was like, what is it? What is it? What are they doing? And then I, because I didn't see it until I saw that video. And then I, I saw the logo. And the logo is amazing. I'd say of all the things they produced, it looks up there. Um, and he is announced to be playing Blade, which I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, and do you know are... what the best thing about it is? Kevin Feige on the red carpet afterwards or at one of the after show events, he he spoke about how it went down. They didn't contact him. No, he Mahershala Ali him. contacted Marvel and said, I'd like to come in for a meeting, you know, to discuss some possible roles. And this isn't something Marvel do. Marvel do not field calls from agents. But when a two-time no. Academy Award winner does it, you go, shit, the bed, okay, let's And he's probably see. up there, hostage property around. Uh, you know, we, yeah. we said that about Jake Gyllenhaal, but at the minute... I mean, He's the, the right up there. I, I don't really know any actor. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal's... Not that Oscars are a worthy, necessarily, measuring point, but... You know, you win two Oscars, you get your foot in the door anywhere you want. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because, you, you know, and you don't, not just everyone can do that. I know they're not always justified, but he is an exceptional actor. And, and we talked about True Detective at length, and you should go back and listen to that podcast. Um, but we said how incredible he was in that. But he's incredible in everything he did. You know, we talked about Luke Cage, he was by far the best thing in Luke Cage season one until he got killed off, which was a massive disappointment because he was so much better than any other villain that's, that's been in that show. Do you know what I mean? That it almost died that show without him because it was nowhere near as interesting, and exciting because he was so good. He's so charismatic. Um, so, so he just walks into this meeting room and apparently this is how Feige explains it. He just sat down and he says, so what did you want to talk about? And he just gives him a one word answer and he just goes blade. And Feige's eyes lit up and he went, okay, let's do it. And and that was it. I, I'm sure it didn't go down like that. But the fact that he called them and walked in and said, I would like to be Blade, please. And they've gone, okay, that goes to show the kind of pull that he's got. But also that goes to show how much faith they've got. And they must have been planning a Blade reboot at some point in the next few phases. Well, we've been talking phases. Blade. We've been talking Blade quite a lot, actually, on and off. And so is Wesley we're... Snipes, because he's been saying for oh, years that, that he, he wanted to do it. And there's been suggestions old, though, that obviously. he... Well, he's he's 10 years older, maybe 11 years older than Mahershala Ali. But I think we will see him in the film as a multiverse I, version of Blade. And it'll I be don't the, think we will, actually. The original Blade films, I think, will have been set in a different multiverse. Possibly. The, the reason I don't think we will see him is I've read quite a bit about his time, especially on Blade 2 and Blade 3. Oh, Blade 3, he was an arsehole. I, read a, I saw a thing the other he day. He is a nightmare. There was one that scene. that was a long time ago. There was one scene where he refused to open his eyes. Yes, so they and they CG had to, opened they his had eyes. And they had to CG eyes. And someone mentioned, I think it was, was it Chris Smith? Mentioned Maybe. a few others where he wouldn't speak to people unless they addressed him as Blade. And he was really surly with people and he went full method actor, but then he went like 10 steps beyond I that. I think he, he went turned full into a knob. Yeah, he like went full Christian Bale on a bad But I, I think he will he might still be in it, but he was really good about it. He He's disappointed, obviously, that he's not going to be Blade, but he was telling everyone, he, he calls all the, the Blade fans day he's walkers, got which be I 50 love. Odd. He's 56. <laughs> he ain't going to do Ma- it. Mahershala Ali's 45. How is Mahershala Ali 45? Well, mm, nobody knows. Clearly, it's down to monkey placenta or whatever Pep Guardiola gives the city play. That's insane. 
Mm-hmm. What, where has he been now for all these years? Because he's an incredible actor. I think he's been living in a hyperbaric chamber like Michael Jackson used to sleep in. Let's look at some of his older works. CSI, one episode. Wow. He really didn't do anything. He did Curious Case of Benjamin Button in 2008. And then he did some crap TVs. He's in it. Oh, my God. He did nothing at all. He did A Place Beyond the Pines, which is quite a good film, but he's not in a major role in that. And then he was in Hunger Games, but quite briefly. House of Cards was his breakthrough, actually, 33 episodes. Um, So that was a big thing in 2013 to 2016. And then he won an Oscar for Moonlight in 2016. And Luke Cage was that year, Hidden Figures. Um, He's gone on to do big things. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I forgot. He played Uncle Aaron, and he voices it incredibly well. Yep. Um, Green Book, he won an Oscar for, and he was the villain in Alita, which you will watch soon. Um, yes, I He's will. okay in that, but he's not used well enough. So he's not, incredibly, he's not even done that much work. I know it seems weird for a guy of that age, but some actors just, you know, break through later in life. But it looks like his first part wasn't until he was 35. And he, and, and he's only really kind of kicked in in the last three or four years. So, but he, like you said, to win, you know, win two Oscars in that time and likely win an Emmy and the rest of it, he's just flying. I mean, won BAFTAs and Golden Globes as well and all that kind of stuff. So yeah it's it's a great role i think we talked about a couple of others we we would have been interested in a good martial artist but i think he's got potential the guy can seemingly do anything he wants to do um and he'll put for he's not method but he'll go full into it do you know what i mean and then they've got a long time to work on this project to make it work but the one thing i was really hoping because Stephen dorf is in the original blade obviously quite famously and I'm hoping in some way or form, if it is rebooted, he can just come back in as an older villain or a member of the council or whatever it is. Just kind of as a, a tip of the hat a little bit, if, if Wesley Snipes is thrown in as well. And also because they, they were so good together in True Detective. Um, but anyway, we'll see what happens. But it is a hugely exciting announcement. I think they'll really make it work. I'm really excited to see who's attached to the project. I, I'm I'm so, so excited. If they just come out and said we're going to reboot Blade, I would have been excited enough just off the back of that, but knowing that they've got Ali fronting it Good feeling. Just... John Wick, um, director, is involved in the project. That would be brilliant, because then that would be the most gruesome fri- fight yeah. scenes. Yeah, That's I, going to be I, like I would... people getting impaled on literally anything that's even remotely straight. Yeah, I, I just think that might happen, because he... I think was a stuntman um, and he was involved in Civil War, which I didn't know about until I've just read this um, second unit, but he was involved in the stunts in the Matrix and obviously directed John Wick. Uh, I think one and two, or maybe three, and he's been involved in a lot of projects, mainly as an actor, but I think his acting work is to do with his stunt work. Um, he's also in V for Vendetta and Constantine and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and stuff like that. Um, so he is a very accomplished martial artist, and he's he knows how to direct these amazing, amazing choreography scenes and stuff. And so it would interest me if he's someone involved. The other one is Gareth Evans, who did The Raid and The Raid 2. Now, a Welsh director doing two of the best martial arts films based in Indonesia is probably the weirdest thing he will ever say, but The Raid is probably the best action film, along with Mad Max in the last 
decade, like straight action, you know, um, and it's just relentless. And so if they get these kind of people of, of really big names, but in their own field and get them involved in Blade, oh, I just, I, I want a real, I don't know. The original Blade is an incredible film. I haven't seen the sequels enough in recent years to remember them, but I know one of them isn't great. The third one. <laughs> yes. Blade, Blade like the Reynolds three. one. That's the one, yeah. That that was the one where you went, mm, okay, let it die. Two, two were still good, but one was obviously amazing um, and really dark and, and really fresh and new. And I don't know, it was great. Um, it was when vampires were kind of the thing. And, yeah, know, it was when they launched. were the end thing before zombies. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting how they play out, but I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it. And like we said, I think it's going to be the next phase, but it's probably going to be the first thing that comes along. Yeah, it'll Maybe probably Guardians. be the thing that opens up yeah. phase five. Yeah, Guardians. I mean, imagine well, that as a tonal more. change. You go from Thor, Love and Thunder <laughs> to Blade. Uh, I mean, that is just, that's polar yeah. opposites again, isn't it? Yeah, it's fair to say Marvel won. Oh, Mar- Marvel won without breaking a sweat. When you think they've only announced a few films... And most of what they announced, we already knew a fair bit about anyway. The only yeah, we surprise was the Jane Foster thing, was Portman coming back, um, and the Blade thing. Because like a lot, I of mean, the... keeping Blade secret is a really cool thing. Do you I, know what I, mean? I like... thought that the other day when I was talking to someone. Everything now, like you mentioned before, Nicholas Holt and Robert Pattinson were up for uh, for the Batman. Yeah. We knew about that weeks before the decision oh, Pat- was made. Pattinson was news. That was known like months, I think. You it's know. actually incredible, not just that they've managed to keep the Blade thing, but it's not just that Mahershala Ali is rumoured. He's obviously, he's heading up the project. So the, the, this yeah. decision was made months ago. Oh, and yeah. Nobody yeah. knew anything. There's been no whispers that I've seen. That's no why that's why Feige is probably the master. You know, we always say it, but he, like he lets things out that he wants out, and if he doesn't want it out, if it, if they're saving it for Comic Con or for D twenty three, it yeah. is not getting out, and he's just proven no. that. Because if that yeah. that would have lost all the gravitas, and especially when that was the last few minutes, was dropping Fantastic Four and X Men, and Ali as Blade, that just. You know, it, it's like a roller coaster that just keeps going up and up and up and up. And just as you think you're about to go over the edge, it fucking goes up again. I can't wait. I'm going to Manchester Comic Con this weekend. Oh, cool. Um, my little boy's mate is well into comics and he's having his birthday kind of party at Manchester Comic Con. So so I'm accompanying him, which will be fun. Um, I'm hoping for Kevin Feige to turn up and drop some amazing news on my lap, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but it might be some fun things, so I will report back. Because, you know, it's not San Diego, which we would love to go to. Um, but if I I'd think known you were going, events... I would have got a weekend ticket for that, because I've been saying for ages I wanted to I go to you are, the Liverpool but you didn't want to spend like £500 or whatever. You'd go crazy. Yeah, well, I'm all yeah. right, because I'm officially off pops now off the pops yeah i, I yeah. actually am able to look at them now without shaking nervously and thinking well just just one if just they one, sell lego okay. i'm screwed let's oh yeah you'll way. need to you'll be remortgaging your house yeah whilst getting after that stranger thing lego. lego set which sent me back an awful lot of money but it's yeah. worth every penny um the like only the thing they have to worry lego about is... now is if they for some reason they had those daredevil suits that are going for like fifty thousand dollars <laughs> if one of them imagine, was there i might imagine be imagine we just go right next show we're gonna skype and you'd be like why the hell does rory want to skype like you know record it video record it put it on youtube why the hell in the and i just rock up and i'm full daredevil suit not that it would fit me anyway I, I... <laughs> it might be a bit baggy 
Yeah, well, I think the other, yeah, maybe that might be porking out of it. And, uh, you know, he's quite a trim man. Is what's this? He's our Charlie. Um, yeah, good old Charlie. Please bring him back at some point. We've always talked about the guys that enter into the film realm from the TV stuff. Uh, he is good enough. We, we uh, him need and John him to go the other way. Him we, and John we... Bernthal are good enough, legitimately. Oh, and so's Kristen Ritter. I yeah, mean, Kristen she, Ritter she is. is the movie star. Yeah, she, she, no, she is. You can and, transplant and Deb, those Deborah three. Wolf as well, and also Kingpin, man. If you do not consider that, well, I Vin, think you're Vincent D'Onofrio has spoken about it a few times because he's he's really good with fan engagement on Twitter. He is, he's amazing, and yeah. he has said he would love to star in a Spider-Man film opposite um, Tom Holland. And if he ever gets a sniff that that's possible, I guarantee he'd be all over that, like you know, a white suit on the Kingpin. <laughs> I think the only thing with Kingpin, he's very different. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is obviously very different tonally from what we're used to in that happy-go-lucky Spider-Verse. Do you know what I mean? It, uh, he's like what gonna... we'd probably see as as the Norman Osborn. He would be the guy that is. You'd have him getting say he's bullseye, like Bane, isn't he? He's like, like the brain series three. Character. He would yeah. be the brains, and he would have somebody else doing the brawn. Which, and oh, that's yeah, what certainly. he does in the comics. Very often, the Kingpin doesn't get his oh, hands he, dirty. He, he's like the I was going to say president. Well, he's but like he's... quarterback, isn't he? Because you, <laughs> you've read quite a bit of Daredevil over the last oh, yeah, year yeah, or certainly. two, haven't you? So yeah, yeah. it's 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 more for me. It's it, yeah, it's it's more having that presence that's that's the manipulator, you know, and, yeah. and overseer of things, and 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 kind of an influencer from what his decisions are. And it on the surface doesn't really get his hands dirty, but you know, obviously we we know the reality, and they play that out so well in the show that. Yeah, we do hope to see Daredevil do crossover at some point. I think of all the characters, he's got the most chance. I, I think it will Kingpin. happen. All we know is nothing can happen for three years because of the contracts with Netflix. Yeah, and, and, and I think we could see a TV element come in and maybe film element come in. I'm still hoping Sony, I mean, obviously they're pushing ahead with, um, <laughs> I don't dare say it, but um, the the vampire one that they're going to do and a Venom sequel. Oh, and... Mor- Morbius the Living Vampire. Yes, I didn't want to say with it because you'd Lito. roll your eyes. Mm. Oh my God. They were shooting that in Manchester, by the way. <sighs> Believe um, me, I'm not going down to watch. No, it was it was a while ago, but all, I remember all the women in the office were quite interested in Jared Leto. But still, um, Sony obviously got big plans with all this stuff and then they're going to do a lot with it, the Sony animations and the Spider-Verse stuff where they're going to do multiple things with that, which is great. Um, but I, I just kind of want them to give the rights to Disney and then just get it, just leave it alone then, please, so we can actually get Spider-Man fully versed because I do worry it's going to, if the contract changes or I don't know, it, it works the way it is now. But I'd like to see Spider-Man at the kind of forefront along with Black Panther and Captain Marvel maybe in the Avengers, new Avengers or whatever we do next. Yeah. Maybe that'll still happen, but it's just interesting how it goes about. I just, we will see. We will see. There's plenty to come. But I mean, like we said, Marvel Marvel drops the biggest, you know. Yeah. They they just they just brought it, like we keep saying, and, and it's amazing. Um really really good um sorry it's just started to absolutely chuck it down here so i yeah. think there's a storm coming in well that's um, that's a good note for us to end on then marvel wins sdcc um again as we mentioned at the start if if you could subscribe rate and review on itunes and spotify and what have you that would be brilliant um we should be back with you next week thanks for listening and take it easy yeah.